Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au. Predict Australia's score with a crystal ball. And it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals. All thanks to McDonald's. Mackers, together and loving it. TNCs apply. It's our US Open day one look back here on the first serve. We thought we'd uh, produce this uh, podcast uh, today. It's been a marathon that day, as they all are at the US Open. I was looking at the clock, uh, New York time, and thinking in the last uh, three years, having got out of there at midnight, 1am, 2am, 3am, when Johnny Millman famously beat Federer after he'd done press about two years ago. So it is a much more civilised hour here. But I, I can't say that I was up at the very early hours of 1, 2, 3 o'clock. Uh, thank goodness uh, the the Aussies are on at a more civilised time tomorrow morning. It should be great. Uh, Brett Phillips, uh, joined by my co-host here and the host of our Aussies Only podcast. And that's where we're going to start, Jed. I know you've been burning the midnight oil as well. You caught a fair bit of the action. It just doesn't quite feel like a US Open because there's not the electricity of the New York crowd. And I can only tell you that when you're there, you can feel that coming through, obviously, at the stadium, but also the TV set. But it is great to have some Grand Slam tennis. It is. It's definitely great to have it back. But as you just mentioned, it's not the same as usual no crowd no real atmosphere and I I was sort of surprised to see a lot of players even Jordan Thompson when they won they didn't particularly celebrate there wasn't much you know (laughs) there wasn't a fist pump or something which I would have loved to have seen but I mean, it just really shows how big the crowd factor is in tennis. You know, when I look at that match between Osaka and Doi, which only finished up in the last hour or two, so here's Naomi on Arthur Ashe Stadium, who's used to playing in front of, you know, 22, 23,000 people. Masaki Doi's played a lot of, you know, ITFs where, and outside courts where, you know, she isn't getting those sort of crowds. So maybe it was a little bit easier for her just to settle. And look, great effort to take the second set. And Osaka gets it done in three, and she just left the door a little bit open. But yeah, I think it'll affect certain players more than others. Uh, certainly they tried on Arthur Ashe with the screens there, which we've seen with the AFL here. I think with fans been able to send a video into them cheering and they had that sort of in the background. A little bit of yep. fake crowd noise, but other than that, it was yeah, pretty sterile sort of uh, around the side. And look, I think they've done an amazing job, the USTA, to get this up and running. And yeah, we've got through uh, a truckload of matches today. We might start with the Aussies. Had six on the original schedule and then Arena Rodionova got added with Serenko pulling out, so she got a birth in the singles, but only Jordan Thompson got a W on day one for the Aussies. Yeah, Tomo got through. It was actually a really interesting match. I was worried, to be honest, going into it. I thought Tomo is one to feed off a crowd, especially at Grand Slam level, and his opponent, Stefano Travaglia, is, as you mentioned before with Misaki Doi, he'd probably be used to playing in front of less crowds, if no crowds. So I thought that may be a slight advantage for him, and Thompson also lost to uh, Caruso last week in Cincinnati. So wasn't coming in in the best of form, but 
at the end of the day, it was actually a very clinical performance by Tomo. He dominated from the baseline, didn't have to come into the net a heap because Travagli is a hard hitter and so is Tomo and he was able to control the ball well. Yeah, and these are the sort of matches that he should be regularly winning now. We know it can be tough sometimes to get out of that area and he's come off his best Grand Slam year last year and, you know, we want to see him now step up. He's one of the fittest on the tour, great competitor, tennis IQ, superb. He's got such variation. You'd just love to see him have that extra weapon or two to his game just to complete it all. But he knows his way around a tennis court. It'd be great to see him start to get towards a fourth round. And maybe the the door opens up a little here because Igor Gerasimov, the Belarusian, who had a pretty good Australian Open, a really improved player, because there's not too many good male players coming out of Belarus. Now, he knocked over Dusan Lalovic of Serbia, the 18th seed today, who will be Tomo's next opponent. So... Maybe it opens up, certainly, the draw for uh, for Jordan Thompson. Absolutely. And something that Tomo will need to use against Gerasimov is his serve. We saw last night Tomo hit six aces, claimed 77% of points one on his first serve. So, you know, he was serving well. Gerasimov is a big server as well. I watched a bit of his match as well against Lajevic, and mm. tell you what, he can play. And I watched him as well against James Duckworth earlier in the year in India, and I was particularly surprised at how well he hits the ball. So this is a player that will probably rise up the ranks and for Tomo, it's a danger match, but one that he really needs to win because he needs to start taking advantage of Grand Slam draws when they open up for him. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Gerasimov took that set off uh, Zverev. I remember it was on Rod Laver at the Australian Open and, and really pushed him. He was really competitive. We thought, let's uh, let's keep an eye on this uh, young man. So uh, good effort by Jordan. Gee, I feel for Mark Polman. So, I mean, he is... He's a good young guy. We've had him on the first serve. We both have had you know, good interactions with him. You've had him on Aussies only earlier this year. And he's gone down in five. So you just know, like Thompson, like Millman, like Demonor, all our Aussies are going to compete to the last ball. Duckworth, let's throw him in the mix as well. He'll play tomorrow and he just didn't quite get there. Yeah, and this was an arm wrestle. This was a serious arm wrestle. Two players, very similar, like for like. And I actually thought when Pullman's won that third set, I thought, yeah. gee, he's really going to go on to win this match. And I was surprised because one thing I noticed from the get-go is that Giron actually hits the ball very, very hard. And Polman's was being pushed behind the baseline a bit more than he probably would have liked. Yeah. But it actually allowed him to control the match a little bit more. So, you know, they were playing hand-in-hand. Hand. It was an arm wrestle. And the first two sets could have gone either way. They pinched one each. Polman's came out, carried that momentum from the tiebreaker into the third. But then it was Giron who just, yeah, just took over, really. And I think Polman's ran out of legs getting into that fifth set because he did have to work overtime to get himself in the position of the yeah. two sets to one. Yeah, I mean, Grand Slam debut at the US Open, a step forward. He's definitely in, you know, great nick. He's trained the house down over the COVID break. So if tennis is able to go ahead in Australia over the summer, I'd be looking out for him. I think we both agree that he's going to get into double digits. We think maybe a little slower than other players, but everyone's on their own journey in their own time. And he's done it more incrementally than uh, other players. But yeah, she runs. It's interesting. I saw him at Indian Wells play Demonor last year and yep. was out on court five and Demonor was a bit rusty. He had a bit of a layoff between the AO and Indian Wells. Uh, Marcos had a, an outside court crowd, pretty parochial behind him. Got past Demonor. In fact, I remember interviewing Alex after that match and he was pretty emotional because that's how much he hates losing. And then he pulled out of Miami and obviously he yeah, had a, a few injury interruptions last year. So yeah, always fascinating to see a player that you've seen cause an upset and what they maybe go on to do. So that's a big result for the American to win in uh, the first round. The women, super competitive. No doubt about that. But they're all outside the top 100. A win takes them to the next level. 
level, but Inglis out in three, Cabrera out in three, Sharma so close out in three, and I suppose a fairly predictable scoreline for Isla Tomlianovic. I mean, I think so many times she's either taken good players to a third or lost in straight where it's just one break of serve. Actually, was surprised. I thought this match was played completely off the Tomlianovic racket. You know, she had yep. she had about 34 errors, uh, unforced errors. You know, she's able to just you know, clean up her game, tidy it up a little bit. She'll win matches like that because Kerber didn't need to do a lot. She just kept getting it back as she does, very consistent. When it opened up for her, she took advantage of it and that's what she's going to do. I mean, she's a Grand Slam champion, a US Open champion. So it was a fairly predictable match, to be honest. And you just like to see Arla just tidy up her game a little bit, less unforced errors and use that mighty backhand because that was a game where she actually probably could have won. I think it's a great point you just made about the game often being on her racket. I think it's it's so true. You know, the amount of live tennis I've seen her play the last couple of years, I mean, she's a very, very good ball striker. That backhand is superb. But when you're not keeping enough balls in play that you should, you just shoot yourself in the foot, really. I mean, it's interesting with her because she's 27 and you get into habits as a player and it's hard to change the way you are. I mean, players keep evolving and they find ways to improve. But yeah, we're sort of, we're waiting because... You you know, she's been inside that top 40. She comes in here just inside the top 60. It's a respectable career, but we look at her game and we think, yeah, you, you could actually be a lot better. But it also goes to show how tough Grand Slam tennis is. What have you taken out of Maddie Inglis, Cabrera, and also Sharma? I mean, Astra is certainly, I suppose, just from the quality of opponent that she played in the Australian mm. it's a mighty effort. A couple of uh, tiebreakers in that match. Yes, actually, all three results have sort of a different take on each one of them. We'll start off with Sharma. I mean, I don't think you could have asked for more. She left everything out on the court. She saved break point after break point. She just, she was actually clutch, to be honest, in the in the grand scheme of things, and especially being able to take that second set and keep herself alive in the match. And actually, I thought going into that third set tiebreaker, even though uh, Yastrzemskad only lost eight points on her serve because often when players sort of could have already lost but they're still in a match and then you get to a deciding tiebreaker, sometimes they just, you know, run over them. But Yastrzemska was super, super consistent, didn't make an error. And, you know, long rallies and eventually Astra was just pushed to the limit. But this is a really promising sign. And I mean, we've known with Sharma, she's competed against the top dogs yeah. already and she's already shown us that she can compete. But she's just one of those that's sort of in the same bracket of taking that next step and taking that big scalp and we would have loved to have seen it, but, you know, she marches on that. She'll take positives out of that match. Yeah, look, we're no doubt our Aussies are working hard. You know, Priscilla Hon not there, injured just prior to. She would have got into the main draw, but her with that trio that we've just mentioned, all in that sort of 100 to 130 bracket, which is a really tough area to get out of sometimes. You just need a couple of uh, big breakthroughs at the really major events like the US Open. So, yeah, not to be for our Aussie girls today, but, yeah, certainly to take a set off some uh, good opponents, some English playing a seed in Lynette Cabrera. Yeah, there was it was probably, you know, a real opportunity for her, but went down 6-2 in the third. So that's the way it panned out as far as the Aussies are concerned. We'll take a quick look shortly what's coming up tomorrow. But just a, a little snapshot of the rest. On the women's side, only one seed out. That was Rebecca Peterson of Sweden, who was the last seed at 32, the only one to fall out of round one. Pliskova got through, who's the top seed with no help, no Barty. But she runs into Garcia in the next round. That top half, because Cece Ballas and Jennifer Brady are also in that top quartet in the top part of the draws. Yeah, watch Coco Goff today. Isn't it amazing the expectations we set 
First time, she's 16. First time, she's gone at first round of a major. It's a pretty good effort. There's a couple of tears, I think, welling up in her eyes. And I, just, I just hope the people around her are managing it really well to say, hey, this is going to be a long journey. You, you've already exceeded expectations. The one player you do not want to play is Sevastova. I mean, just think this little country, Latvia, produces these hard-nosed players who boyfriend slash coaches in the grandstand riding every single shot. She takes you on this emotional roller coaster, but she's got brilliant strokes. She's got power. She's got great touch. Uses the drop shot really well. Really savvy around the tennis court, and she blunted a lot of that cocoa power. I mean, there was some great exchanges. That was a quality match. It absolutely was. And I mean, as you mentioned with Seveso, she's just, she's got that grit in her that she it's sort of like you know take no prisoners she gets the job done and that would have been hard for her to come out against Coco at Coco's home grand slam never gone out in the first round no doubt that would have been in the back of her mind but yeah I mean credit where credit's due Sevastova was just too good Naomi Osaka got through she does look a lot leaner I reckon Osaka and she's been working on her serve a lot over the last six months early on her first serve percentage wasn't that high but just left the door a little open against opponents she probably should have beaten in straight sets and let's look at the men's side of the draw today Novak Djokovic did pretty clinical uh, did what he had to do 1-4-1 and one against Jumur uh, of Bosnia, good result for Alexander Zverev beating Anderson. He's got Nakashima next. Big reps for um, this young man over in the States. And there's a lot of people thinking he is a bit of a chance against uh, Zverev. But, yeah, to get past Kevin Anderson, whether he's seated or not, one of the, the great competitors in men's tennis who's obviously made a couple of Grand Slam finals, uh, was really, really uh, solid. And I did like the win today. It was probably the match where there was a little bit of emotion shown. That was Jack Sock getting up against Pablo Cuevas, the uh, Uruguayan. Been a tough road for Jack Sock the last uh, two or three years. Ranking plummeted. But as Bethany Medic-Sands said in the commentary today, he's won a gold medal with Jack Sock. No one rips the ball on that forehand wing like Jack Sock. When he absolutely rips it, yeah. it's not coming back. No, it's not. And... He couldn't win a match, let's be honest. When he was playing, you know, in the last 12 months or so, he was unranked at a stage after coming back from injury, struggled to win a match. Tell you what, he's worked really hard. You can just see. I mean, it's, it's evident in the way he's hitting the ball. He moved around the court a lot better. We know Quavis is, you know, a great mover around the court. He likes to play on the clay. And Jack Sock just took that away from him today. And, you know, kudos to him. Really looking forward to how deep he can go into this tournament. John Isner out in five. Typical John Isner scoreline. Stevie J. Well done, Stevie J. Yeah. One of the, just the, the great journeyman of the tour that uh, got past uh, Isner. Won a couple of the sets, 6-3. And I don't think Isner broke him for the entire match. Mighty effort. Little Diego, unfortunately, out in five as one of the casualties. That one was a really, really exciting match. I actually watched most of it. And it's just a test to Cam Norrie's mental, you know, capacity because he's gone down two sets to love. Mm. Could have easily gone down in the third as well, but he's just stayed in the match and he just kept on sticking around. He then eventually won the fourth and then all of a sudden the door opened because Schwartzman started cramping and Norrie could have easily chucked the towel in, gone down in straights, but that's a testament to his character because he stuck around and then the opportunity came and he actually ended up taking it out in five. Yeah, he's a pretty solid player, Norrie. Left-hander and as we know, and yeah, really improved as a player in the last 12 months. So snapshot of the Aussies uh, tomorrow. From what we understand, they are at a much more civilised hour tomorrow, which is going to be magnificent. Yes. So duck 
Hapworth up against Caruso, the Italian. Uh, Johnny Millman's got uh, Billy, as we know, who he can play, uh, but he can go missing as well. I mean, he's been very good winning a couple of 500s, but he's challenged best of five against a guy who is not going to let you win easily. Grind his way, John Millman. Big opportunity for Chris O'Connell to play on a Grand Slam stage outside of Australia. And Alex Demonor is our top ranked Aussie male certainly starts a hot favourite against Martin of Slovakia in his match. Absolutely. I just want to quickly point out the times of these matches are better, but you know, they could all fall at that four AM, five AM time. So it's it's most of them are playing last on court, but it'll be interesting to see what time they get on. I actually have all four Australians going into these matches the favourite. I think that O'Connell coming up against Jerry, who's naturally a better clay quarter This is an opportunity for Chris, and he's been training well in Sydney over the COVID break. So I'm actually going to back him in to win that match. John Millman, he's coming up against Basilashvili, who's, as we know, a great player, but hasn't proven himself yet at Grand Slam level. And on the hard court, over best of five sets, you know, a tournament where he, you know, made a quarterfinal, I'm backing in Johnny Millman to win this match. And then you've got, obviously, James Duckworth. Alex Demonar, I think, will win. But James Duckworth, the intriguing one. He comes up against Salvatore Caruso, who's surprisingly had a really good 12 months. He's now snuck inside the top 100. He's playing some outstanding tennis. I watched him against Thompson last week at the Masters, and, you know, he he beat Tomo in straight. So on the hard court, best of five, I think Duckworth should be going into that match as favourite. Let's hope so. It'd be good to see him have a bit of success outside of Australia for all our men to uh, to try and get through certainly a couple of rounds. Uh, Dominic Team will play tomorrow. Berrettini, Medvedev, uh, some of the big name players, Andre Rublev, Dimitrov, of course, after his semi-final run there last year, which really saw a, a return to form and uh, back up where he should be in the rankings. So, yeah, big day two coming up tomorrow. One Australian through today. Let's hope we can improve that list yet. So, uh, mate, thank you for joining us and do it again tomorrow. Just very quickly, before we end it, the one match I am looking at and looking forward to, Yannick Sinner up against Karen Hatchinov. Yeah. That's going to be an absolute cracker. So keep your eyes on that one. Absolutely. Yeah, like Sinner, he's uh, he's going to be a star. There's no doubt. He's been yeah, absolutely. a star from such a young age and absolutely uh, flown up the rankings in the space of uh, 12 yeah. months, uh, two years. So it doesn't look Italian at all. You would not pick no. him to be Italian <laughs> until he talks. And having been to Italy yeah. quite a bit, uh, there's nothing like hearing that Italian accent. You just wouldn't pick it when you see him. So that is our look at day one. Keep an eye on our website, thefirstserve.com.au. Of course, catch up on the first serve uh, last night on our live radio page or uh, subscribe by your uh, favourite podcast platform to the first serve. And also, you'll get not only our show last night, but all our podcasts coming up this week. Uh, Aussies only, you'll be back for that. We've got Crunching the Numbers we're going to release a little earlier this week because Shane Leonage is actually doing some great work with Ons Jabeur, who is making some noise. She's up to a career-high ranking, uh, flying the flag for Tunisia. I think she's up to 31 in the world after a pretty good week at Cincinnati last week. And Shane will take you through that. So be listening to Crunching the Numbers and also in the huddle. We'll release uh, throughout the week uh, as well. But our look at day one at the USA. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91.